Hi everyone, this is Dave from the Wizards of Pod podcast. I'm talking to you now before the show just to let you know that although we have been recording our podcast for almost a year and a half now, we can still be called rookies because we made... A major mistake in our recording of our last episode, which caused the sound quality to be much poorer than, or let's just say, not as good as what our normal standards would be. So with that, I just wanted to say thank you for continuing to listen, and we will make sure that we do better for next month's show. Thanks, and enjoy listening to the show. Welcome to episode 14 of the Wizards of Pod podcast, the podcast of professional librarians talking about podcasts. My name is Dave, and with me is my co-host, Sarah, so join us as we discuss new and noteworthy podcasts, along with information pertaining to libraries and librarians. So what's up, Sarah? How are you doing? <laughs> I know I missed that. <laughs> I, you I was waiting for you to say and I was like, oh, okay. Um, oh, what have we been up to since the last podcast? Um, so, last podcast. Ooh, I went to Disney. Have I been to Disney since the last podcast? Well, I don't know. Oh, I no, didn't go. back in June. Um, where is it? I went to Disney, so that was fun. Yay! <laughs> did you um, see Mickey Mouse? No. Ooh. Maybe you know what? I did. I think uh, they do that. They they do that daily. Um, they walk around. They, yeah, well, they they do the the parade. Yes. In Magic Kingdom. Yes. So they're all on like the floats and everything. Is it? They also do a parade in a. Uh, uh, Epcot. Epcot. Maybe oh it was God. Epcot that so I was thinking of. It's in um, Epcot. They do it at dusk. Oh. So Magic yeah. Kingdom. They do it like oh around noon. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was Magic Kingdom that I was talking right. about. Um, so yeah, I went there. Oh, cool. First time I went to Disney. No for, like, way. The real, like for real, because yeah. I've been before, but just for one day. And oh, you can't yeah, do. you can't do anything. You got to do. You got to do. You know, and it's been over twenty years since I've been there. So, but um, I forgot what the three each kingdom. You got to do. You got to have at least one day in each it's, kingdom. Yeah, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. Wow. And what the last time I was there. They only had the three. They didn't yeah. have uh, magic. No, they had, obviously they had that. They had that. They didn't have um, uh, Animal Kingdom and oh. and the Hollywood Squares or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Squares, so, Hollywood yeah. Squares. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I went for yeah. four days. Nice and it's good stuff. Yeah, I want to go back. I want to go to Epcot. Yeah, it was like the first time I hated it. Second time it was pretty cool. I got my water bottle from Epcot. Oh, me in London. Oh, wow. I guess well, 
but uh, it's a lot of fun. And in when I went when we went to Magic Kingdom, we walked around thirty three thousand steps in one day. Oh my god! Insane. Yeah. I was surprised I could walk. For the, or like the next day. I was going to say, I would be able to walk it, but the next day or right. two, I would be in a wheelchair, <laughs> wheeling myself around. <laughs> I had like blisters on each of my oh, feet, but... Oh my god. And, oh gosh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was worth painful. it. <laughs> it was, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, actually, I, yeah, I would like to go back. Yeah. I am, um, yeah, the last time... I went my kids were really young. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, I haven't been doing much. I've just been melting from the heat. It has been so hot. Yeah. The heat wave has just not ended. I yeah. mean, sometimes we get relief. Yeah, but not that not, much. Not it's much. like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. And it's been, um, I think I've heard that we're technically in a drought now. Oh, yeah. we, well, we are because the Suffolk County Water um, Authority sent out... Um, a notice saying that you can't have irrigation going between 12 a.m. and oh, 7 wow. p.m. I mean, 7, sorry, 12 a.m. and 7 a.m. Yeah. And to try to limit, like, your, like, use of the shower and all the stuff because we're in a drought. Yeah. We're technically in a drought. I'm surprised that they were saying you cannot do the irrigation between 12 a.m. and 7 p.m. Because that's during the night, and that's when it's most likely to go into the ground, whereas... Once the sun comes up, a lot of it, they, they tell you not to do it because it evaporates. Yeah. And it's also acts as a magnifying glass for the rays and it's harmful to the plants. Yeah. I was just reading this morning, actually, because um, um, we sent out the newsletter, um, you know, the weekly newsletter, yeah. um, and the second one for they had given us that, that information. Oh. Um, uh. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, my, my energy bill... For, for last month was mm-hmm. insane because I kept my AC going during the day because it would get so hot yeah. and my my house gets so humid yeah. and hot and my cat was just yeah. a big ball of fur yeah. and I didn't want him to like I didn't want to come home and have see like stroke. in a pace stroke yeah, yeah. so I, I was keeping it going every day I mean and the other thing is you come home and then you only have like two or three hours and then you go into bed if you leave uh, with this heat, you leave the AC off, you come home, it's going to take those two or three hours just for it to cool off. Yeah. And then you're like miserable. Yeah. And then it's time to go to bed. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I guess you could leave it on and raise the temperature so it's not so cool, but still, so hot. So hot. Yeah, I know. I saw my electric bill and I was like, holy. And I have like a cow. tiny place and I only have one. Um, AC unit. Yeah. So I only a, work, and it only works for the, the living room. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have a big house, which I would so, think is big. It's not a, like any of the McMansions around here. Right. You're but like a, a standard. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, it's it's you know, it's like a. Because it's, it's two a, stories. Right? Yeah, it's like a mother daughter. It's two stories. It's like a mother daughter house. So oh, it's it like is a split level. How is I, it? Yeah, it's not necessarily split level because a split level ranch, a lot of times when you go in, you go down to one part and right, then it and goes up. Yeah, like there's the two staircases. Yeah, where this, you just you either go straight in or you go up the stairs. But the way it's set up, I mean, it could be a one family house, but then it would be 
like it would be one two it would be a five bedroom two bathroom house so i mean it's a pretty good size house yeah. you know but as it is right now it's um the downstairs has two bedrooms and the upstairs has three bedrooms and it's it's divided off so there's one entrance to go in and then you can either go up the stairs to where i live or you can go down the little hallway and then there's another door for where my mother-in-law lives why did i always think that you and sam are downstairs and she was upstairs well because normally that's how you think it would be because hmm. i mean we're the ones that's really paying the bills and everything but yeah. she's 80 years old yeah she, she can't really downstairs. yeah so <laughs> the laptop keeps going to sleep so yeah turning off the energy saver <laughs> as we're talking about heat and electric <laughs> gotta turn off the energy saver <laughs> but um yeah uh i was oh yeah so i mean geez we have i mean just upstairs i have three air three air conditioners and i actually i usually put another one in for four and then the downstairs is one two three air conditioners mm-hmm. so although the downstairs there's really only one air conditioner that gets used so this year trying to save money we're only using two air conditioners mm-hmm. but they're working so hard yeah no i'm using three air conditioners upstairs that's the electric bill yeah so it's more than i ever paid before yeah so um let's talk about podcasts yeah. this year well let's say last august we celebrated national dog month because August is National Dog Month. Mm-hmm. And we celebrated our lovable canine pals during the dog days of summer. This year, we decided that um, we'd give some love to our feline friends by discussing our favorite cat-themed shows because cats, cats rule and dogs drool all over the place. place. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a reminder of why cats rule, here is some information about cats from Wikipedia. The cat, or Felis catus, is a domestic species of the family Felidae. I I don't know. F-E-L-I-D-A-E. I meant to use the pronunciator website, and there's a couple of names, too. I needed to use it, and I forgot, so we're just going to mess things up. Felidae. We're going to go with Felidae. Yeah. And is the only domesticated species in the family. Often referred to as the domestic cat to distinguish itself from its wild brethren, a cat can either be a house cat, a farm cat, or a feral cat. The latter ranges freely and avoids human contact. Domestic cats are valued by humans for their companionship. About 60 cat breeds are recognized by various cat registries. Cats have a strong, flexible body, very quick reflexes, sharp teeth, and retractable claws adapted to killing small prey or attacking their owner um yes my cat likes to attack my arm sometimes my cat likes to attack my ankles and feet (laughs) its night vision and sense of smell are well developed but its smell is not quite up to par with the dogs yeah i guess you could say that is one thing like dogs have over kitty cats sense of smell do dogs have is it, do they have better hearing than cats, or cats have better hearing? Um, I don't remember. I know we talked about it, I'm pretty sure, last year with the dogs. Yeah. But I know the sense of smell is actually dogs have a lot better sense of smell. 
What can you remember about the yarn? Um, so according to locustvalleyvet.com, the, the cat can hear almost one octave higher than dogs. Oh. But both can hear in the ultrasound level. I don't know exactly. I guess it's like, um, so I heard actually, because like I heard that um, whales can communicate with ultrasound, I think. Oh. Yeah. So it's some sort of frequency that we cannot, mm-hmm. maybe is frequency even the right word? I don't know. Is that like, no, that's not like radar, is it? Like similar thing? Radar isn't. That's where the sound, they like the bats will shoot out the sound waves and it bounces mm-hmm. back. And that's when they can tell things that are ahead and you know, the distance and the speed and stuff. It might be something similar but different because they're it's ultrasound. To hear. It's ultrasound in that radar. <laughs> well, maybe it's something similar, but that's how it's, it's a form of communication and not navigation. Go, hey Siri, what's the difference between ultrasound and radar? I'm just going to look up what ultrasound is first. Wait, ultrasound, that's what you do when you want to see the babies. Sonograms. They use ultrasound. Oh, no. I don't understand. Ultrasound, I think, is what they use in physical therapy. They do use it in physical therapy. Ultrasound octave. No, hang on. Ultrasound meaning. Sound or other vibration vibrations having an ultrasonic frequency, particularly by uh, particularly as used in medical imaging. So there's the ultrasonic scan, um, but then there's also the sound. Wow, that's really. But yeah, so I I heard um, that whales communicate with ultrasound. Yeah. Um, Yes. Cat communication includes vocalizations like meowing, purring, trilling, hissing, growling, and grunting, as well as a cat-specific body language. <laughs> uh, my cat likes to, I guess, I guess you could kind of call it huffing, um, or similar to grunting. But like when he gets really upset, you can hear him like let out like a really um, deep. Like breath of air. Oh, really? Like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like a bull. Yeah, my cat is very, very <laughs> vocal and just and everything. And she has different types, and you can tell yeah. when one's like, I'm about to murder your feet, and the other one's like, feed me. <laughs> and sometimes you'll hear one right after the other because if they, they say, feed me, and if you don't, then she's like, going to attack. I am about to <laughs> scratch. Cats are also predators that are mostly active at dawn and dusk. The cat is a solitary hunter, but a social species. Female domestic cats can have kittens from spring to late autumn, with litter sizes often ranging from two to five kittens. It was long thought that cat domestication began in ancient Egypt, where they were venerated, but recent advances in archaeology and genetics have shown that their domestications occurred Domestication occurred in Western Asia around 7500 BC. As of 2021, there were an estimated 20, wow, 20, 20 owned cats in the world. (laughs) 
As of 2021, there were an estimated 220 million owned and 480 million stray cats in the world. As of 2017, the domestic cat was the second most popular pet in the United States, with 95.6 million cats owned and around 42 million households households owning at least one cat. In the United Kingdom, 26% of adults have a cat, with an estimated population of 10.9 million pet cats as of 2020. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Cats are amazing. Yes. So with that, uh, you know, let's get on with our reviews. Let's do it. Yeah. So my first review is going to be um, the Cat Cafe podcast. The Cat Cafe podcast is an exciting pos- pasta. <laughs> it's an exciting pasta dish. <laughs> the Cat Cafe podcast is an exciting podcast that is just what you need if you are a proud cat owner. Described as an awesome podcast for veterinary and healthcare providers, the podcast talks about every everything feline. Famous cat medicine expert Dr. Susan Little and veterinary surgeon Dr. Jolie Kemperstein. Sorry about the Kirk- name. Kerpenstein. Kerpenstein. Huh. Sounds much easier than, uh, than the name looks. There was one where I wanted to pronounce it here, or the pronouncer. <clears throat> well, anyways, um, veterinarian surgeon Dr. Jolie Kirpenstein discusses feline medical surgical topics while also highlighting simple and practical solutions. The podcast also features some amazing guest experts. So if you like cats and you lo- you will love this podcast, and you can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Twitter at per podcast. Proud of tea in that. I was just gonna ask, should you spell that out so people know how to find it? At per podcast, P U R R P O D C A S T. Because I was wondering, I thought maybe they they purposely left out the T, and that was just how uh, they did it. Yeah, in no, no, that was bad me. So, <clears throat> with that said, why do I like this podcast? And I'll have to admit, much of it is because it reminds me of our podcast. How do you say that could be? Well, much like ours, the podcast is relatively new. It only has 62 episodes, which is still a lot more than ours. But it ha- And it's rated 5 out of 5 stars. But it only has 7 reviews, so it doesn't have a lot of reviews. But um, as I've said before, I think this is a diamond in the rough. Episodes are published every other week and are you know, about 10 to 20 minutes long. So you know that is a plus for me. Because I love my short podcasts. Mm-hmm. Get them started, get them done real fast. Go on to the next one. <laughs> Other ways that it reminds me about our own podcast is that the show is relatively new and is not created by audio professionals. So, like us, they're still trying to figure out things on the technical side of creating podcasts. You know, the sound, that's a nice way of saying, you know, the sound isn't the best, but the hosts are knowledgeable about their trade, and um, the show topics I feel are very interesting, so it is very easy to forgive the lower audio quality. I mean, if you like cats, I, the topics they discuss are excellent, and I mean, they're very, you know they're both they're both vets or in the veterinary business, so um, they're very knowledgeable about what they're talking about, and I mean that makes it a plus. Yeah, 
I mean, they're short, so yeah, even sure. if I mean, even if it's not for you, he can. It's not like you have to stop. You can like get it done and be like, eh, you know. Yeah, every, it's funny. Every time I see a short like podcast for this, and we have short episodes, I think David loved this. It's perfect, <laughs> just because they're short yes. episodes. I, I personally, I guess it it depends on the subject of the podcast episode. But I like longer episodes because. Feel like if it's too short like yeah it's just too, it's if like, you like it yeah it's like it begins and it's done it's before done already, yeah. yeah and then you're like i want more yeah i i i would feel you know I, feel, I do feel the same way however though the thing the thing that uh, gets me is i've got like so many podcasts in my queue and you know a lot of them they come out every week or every two weeks and stuff and it's it's just something about me when the library starts to get backlogged, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta catch up, I gotta right. catch up. And then I get very anxious and and you, I really don't like skipping episodes. I was so. just gonna ask, are you the type of person who when you find a new podcast you have to start from the beginning? Not always, but if I really do like it, I will. Okay. I, if it's like a really long one, like, you know, five hundred episodes, I'm not gonna start at the beginning. But I will go back and I will look at the back catalog and and find Episodes that, you know, if they if it really like, if it's really interesting, I will listen to specific ones. I I asked you that like I'm not the same type of person because I was just thinking, um, when I started listening to My Favorite Murder, that show has like 500 episodes, right? And it's hard to get through all of them unless you have like a chunk of time where you're not doing anything else for a good solid however like and these are hour long episodes right Mm -hmm. um but i did go back i went to the first episode so that i could like get to know who they were first and like see how they are now kind of yeah and then i jump around and everything yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so my first podcast pick for this month is the Procast, that's P-U-R-R-R-C-A-S-T, hosted by Sarah Iyer and Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen is also the host of the podcast See Jurassic Right, and his name might also sound familiar if you have ever listened to the podcast My Favorite Murder, which I just talked about, yep. since he is the show's producer and audio engineer, and is often lovingly picked on by the show's hosts, Georgia Harsart and Karen Kilgar. I covered this show previously on the Wizards of Pod, so you might have, uh, you might remember me talking about Stephen before. Um, but he is also the producer of Worst Ever with Christine Lacken and Alga Khaled. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, um, as well as Popular Music, the podcast, and Ologies with Ali Ward, which is a really cool show. And I think I, I might, I don't think I actually, this wasn't one of my podcast picks for an episode before, but I feel like I've mentioned it to you. Before, yeah, right? I was going to say, uh, I think you have mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really cool uh, show that goes into like the, um, like the history of certain subjects or... Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and Sarah has guest starred on podcasts such as the show Dumb Nerds, Comedians Talking About Smart Topics, They're Too Dumb For, which is the whole title of the show, (laughs) where they talked about Bigfoot, and also she has um, starred on the show Afternoonified, 
um, their episode on cats. After Noonified is a show where the hosts try to explain weird occurrences in science history and the paranormal through comedy. Why did I say comedy? Through comedy. Comedy. Um, in the Percast, Sarah and Stephen, quote, talk to cat people because they can't talk to their cats. Which, I mean, you could call, you could talk to your cats, but... I talk to my cats. Talk, talk to your cats, too, but we're never going to actually get a real human response. No, they let you know that they're cranky, but they won't. Yeah, I'm cranky, I'm hungry, I saw a bird. Yeah. <laughs> so, they will often invite guests to the show who are cat lovers like themselves, such as artists, authors, comedians, and fellow podcasters. Guests include author Justina Ireland, who wrote Star Wars The High Republic, A Test of Courage, um, uh, as well as author of Adventure Cats, Laura J. Moss, and well-known comedian Margaret Cho. Oh. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, she's really funny. Yeah. Each guest comes on to talk about their love of their cats, um, their own cats, cats in general, their experiences with cats, and all things that make a cat a cat. The duo will also include episodes where they do commentary on TV show episodes and movies that are about cats. Um, this includes Star Trek's, uh, t- the Star Trek TV show episode called Cat's Ball, um, the movie The Aristocats, great movie, mm-hmm. and an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch called Cat Showdown, along with many other commentary episodes. The show started back in 2015 and has 4.8 stars with 1,500 ratings on Apple Podcasts. There are currently over 366 episodes out of the show, and each episode runs about 40 minutes to over an hour and a half. Longer. (laughs) Steven and Sarah are a lot of fun to listen to, um, especially because they talk about cats, you know. And it's fun to hear how other people rave about their own cats or complain about them, because, you know, there's always something to complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in hearing more about other people's cats and how you could and how could you not be um, new episodes come out every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or wherever else you get your podcasts I definitely want to check that one out I want to hear about all these different people talk about their cats honestly yeah. who doesn't want to talk <laughs> I know. about their cat right? yeah <laughs> you don't want to hear about other people's cats uh-huh. <laughs> just bring joy My second review is going to be on the Community Cats podcast. The Community Cats podcast is the brainchild of Stacey LeBaron. Stacey has over 20 years of experience working with community cats in Massachusetts. I have to admit that something that I learned from this podcast is the term community cat. I had never heard about that before, um, so it was news to me. You know, I didn't either, but yeah, well, it makes sense. Can you, yeah, well, yeah. You go for it. Tell us what a community <laughs> cat is. Well, according to the ASPCA, a community cat is a term used to describe an outdoor, unowned, free-roaming cat. These cats can be friendly, feral, adults, kittens, healthy, sick, altered, and or unaltered, and they may or may not have a caretaker. I um. I think about like all these cats that that run around West Hampton yeah. and how you know how like Kathy goes and feeds them, uh-huh. and then you like you think about how many other people are probably going out and feeding them too. Yeah, but like it's probably not as many as you think. But they probably do have some good places to go for. Food. Oh, I think so. I used to I used to feed a whole 
bunch of cats at our at my old house in West Hampton Beach. And then I heard that the so I went I lived near Strebels, right? Dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. People would go or the cats would go over there too. Yeah, well the Kathy used to go there and feed yeah. a lot of cats. And then there was also the neighbor behind me who actually mm-hmm. now owns one of the cats that I would feed, uh-huh. um, and she also fed. Um, yeah. So. Well, I I even know that um, one of my mother in law's cats. It's not. It's not a. I guess in a way, even though it's not unowned, it's a community cat because. Are there's like at least two of our neighbors who put out food for? I, I in the past I would have thought of it as feral cats, yeah. but her cat midnight he he'll come in he'll eat in the house and then he'll leave and he'll he'll see him he may, you know as he's patrolling his territory he'll yeah. go to the other houses and he'll take like a little bite of uh, food from each one. That's so funny. <laughs> I see um, TikToks about cats that do yeah. that. And... There was a really, really cool documentary on cats that I watched. It was on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. And it talked, it was all about cats. And it talked a lot about their, you know, how they have a certain territory that's usually like a mile. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they'll patrol it every day and there's many cats they put like these chips in video cameras to track the cats and they'll like go to all these different houses and they like and it's almost like they have multiple owners it's so cool i think cats are so funny yeah uh, so to get back to the review <laughs> after the big tangent, tangent. <laughs> um stacy was the president of the merrimack river feline rescue society for 16 years and since um, 2011, she has run the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society mentoring program, assisting over 80 organizations with setting up trap neuter return programs and getting funding to support those programs. Okay. Yes. Definitely needed. Yes. Um, their mission is to provide education, information, and dialogue that will create a supportive environment empowering people to help cats in their community. Rated 4.9 out of 5 stars with over 140 ratings, the podcast has existed for quite a while with over 470 episodes. New episodes comes out weekly, and each one lasts between 20 20 to 40 minutes. So, you know, that's another plus for me. And I have to say what I really like about the the whole podcast is not only is it just the podcast, but it's also a tremendous resource. Um, it, it provides a, a tremendous amount of resources. They have a website which has amazing articles and a wealth of information on it, especially in their blog section. And, you know, just looking at it today before we, we were recording, there were articles on, you know, they ranged from what to do if you find kittens, um, details on registering for an online trap neuter return certification from uh, the group Neighborhood Cats, there was another one on feline sterilization at five months and how that is accepted as the new norm. And it also contained ideas for celebrating Earth Day with your cat. That's cute. Yeah. And they also offered a online workshop, or not offered it, it hasn't happened yet, but they also are offering an online workshop on colony caretaking tips and tricks. And I actually signed up. Cool. Yeah. But I'm also thinking, well, I did it for a couple of reasons. I did it for myself, for part, you know, as a personal 
reason. But I was also thinking there may be an interesting library program. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to check it out. That's really cool. And the reason why also I wanted as a personal, you know, checking it out is that um, we were talking about community cats earlier. And I have a couple of friends and myself have been actually taking care of an outdoor free-roaming cat for over the past 10 years. And I'm, I actually am tasked with, although it sounds like a bad thing saying it, but it's not. I enjoy doing it, and whenever she asks, I say yes right away. But my friend, um, who's primarily responsible for taking care of this cat named Frank, mm-hmm. she, um, it's funny, she doesn't like the, uh, the how crowded Hampton gets in the summer. She also has a home in Nova Scotia. So she summers in Nova Scotia, where it's quiet. I and then that. when the crowds leave West Hampton, she'll come back here for the rest of the years. I love that. Yeah. So when when she goes to Nova Scotia, I you know I help take care of Frank. I feed him every day, make sure he's all right. Yeah. And uh, as I was saying before, before you know, before finding out about this podcast, I always considered Frank to be a feral cat, but now I guess he really is a community cat because, and it makes so much sense because. Like I said, over the past decade, there's been, like, um, my friend Susan, who, it's you know, he stays at her house. He's old enough where he doesn't really travel. He doesn't really leave her property okay. or anything. He pretty much, you know, because he used That's to, he, yeah, he used to, you know, he used to have a large territory, but mm-hmm. the older he gets, and he, he's got to be close to 20 years old now, you know, he pretty much just stays in the yard, and so she takes care of him, but when she's not around... I take care of them. And then there was also a period of time when my other friend that lived across the street, she would take care of them also. So it was in, at this time, all three of us lived, we were all like neighbors. So it was like three homes taking care of this one cat. And it really clicked with me on how that was like a little community taking care of this cat. So the term community cat yeah. just it made sense. Wow. And uh, finally, the last reason why I really enjoyed this podcast is that my mother, who just passed away earlier this year, was also a member of a local trap neuter return program for many, many years um, in upstate New York where she lived. And, you know, like many other participants of the program, I can see at least um, her biggest problem was that she would get so attached to the cats, she would find it very hard to, you know, release them once they were neutered. Mm. So she always had an abundance of cats <laughs> in her house. But I guess, you know, that's not the worst problem to have if you're an animal lover. Besides the Well, the queen. <laughs> How many cats do you have? Um. <laughs> oh, you know. I mean, if you have a reason about it, it's all right. But, yeah, she would go overboard. One time I caught her with 13 cats. And I was like, no! Were they, like, all indoor cats, or did she let them out? No, they were all indoor. And she hid it from me for a long time. I thought she only had, like, six, which I thought it was a lot. And then one day she (laughs) fed them when I was there. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like, like, um, you know, a horror show where instead of rats coming out of the woodwork, it was cats. cats. (laughs) That's amazing. I was like, what are all these cats? She was like, leave me alone. They're my friends. (laughs) 
My second podcast pick for this month is Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. The show is on the Pet Life Radio Podcasting and Radio Show Network because they do lots of shows on this network, and I'll talk about them a little bit more later, and is hosted by Dr. of Veterinary Medicine Catherine Prim, who owns and founded Applebrook Animal Hospital in Tennessee. Dr. Cat is a writer, speaker, and online voice for pet owners and veterinarians, as well as a fear-free certified professional, enabling her to speak with other veterinary professionals, pet owners, and students about decreasing stress in animals with effective communication. If you're a cat owner, you know that there are a lot of silly, weird, and worrying things that cats do, and Dr. Cat's podcast is all about that and more. The host talks about various topics, including hairballs and whether they're dangerous, what your cat's poop should look like, how to make moving less stressful for your cat, hazards for various holidays like Halloween, and many more topics. The host often invites a guest to help with it to inform listeners on all things cats, including Dr. Lisa Rodasta, a board-certified veterinary behaviorist and fear-free certified professional, New York Times bestselling author of My Life in a Cat House, Gwen Cooper, and Erica Engelhoff, a writer for Science News and National Geographic, and many more guests as well. Fun fact, I learned that there is a dating app for cats. Uh, for cats. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that would be awesome. While I was researching for this episode, I found through the uh, Dr. Cat's podcast that there is actually a dating app for cat lovers called Tabby and also a dog lovers dating app called Dig. So if you're looking for your significant other to be in love with a cat... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounds weird. You know, they um they make dating apps for everything. They really do. I just found out oh who was it? It's a famous musician. Um um from Motley Crue, Tommy Lee. He used to be um yeah. you know, married to Pamela yeah. Anderson and then they got divorced. His current wife he met on there's a dating app for celebrities. Yes, I think I've heard about this. Oh my god! I was like, wow. Or or one of them at least. I I was was like, how do you qualify to be on the dating app? (laughs) I mean, how do you how do you quantify? Yes, I am a celebrity. I should be allowed to put my name on here. (laughs) Funny, but so yeah. So if if you are a cat lover who's looking to find um, a significant significant other who is a cat lover. Join Tabby. If you're a dog lover who's looking for a significant other to love, who is a dog lover too, uh, join Dig. Um, Don't know where to find it. Didn't look it up myself, but go for it. Yeah. Um, Also, there is a feline historical museum in Alliance, Ohio. Oh, cool. That's really cool. I would love to go there. Yeah. I enjoy listening to Dr. Cat because I like that she is very knowledgeable about felines. And um, it's comforting to know that I can turn to this podcast if I wanted to get a better understanding of what's going on with my own cat, Mooch. Um, Nine Lives with Dr. Cat started in 2017 and has almost 100 episodes out, each around 20 to 40 minutes long, so right up Dave's alley. Yay. And the show has 4.4, uh, 4.5 stars and 51 ratings on Apple Podcasts, and new episodes are out every other Wednesday. So to get your fill on all things cat with Dr. Cat, listen on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. 
We're going to have one additional star. Well, actually, I should say one more five-star rating after I check it out. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Please. Oh, oh. I kind of cheated for my last podcast. It's actually a YouTube channel. Okay. That's but I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> so my last review, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite YouTube channels called One Bike, One World. Dean Nicholson is from is a is a gentleman from Dunbar, Scotland, and initially he worked as a handyman on a farm and then as a welder at a fish fish food factory. Fed up with his monotonous nine to five lifestyle, Dean decided to embark on a journey traveling around the world on a bike. So in September of 2018, Dean began his cycling journey from Dunbar on a brand new Trek 920 Adventure Touring bike. So. You may be wondering why I chose Dean and his YouTube channel as my last podcast pick. Well, I'll let Dean explain it as, you know, from his own website. Hi, all. I'm Dean. On the 1st of September of 2018, I left Dunbar, Scotland with the ambition to cycle the world. Three months and nine countries later, I was coming up to the bosnia Monte Montenegro border. Montenegro. Montenegro. What Sarah said. <laughs> to the border. When... I had heard a little kitten meowing her heart out, chasing me, trying to get my attention. We were 12 miles from the nearest town, and it was soon clear by her friendly nature and desperate hunger that her owner had intentionally dumped her. Chasing? Mm -hmm. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Over the coming days, the kitten and I grew closer. It was clear that she had the traits of a lion with her feisty and lovable personality, and so Nala was to be her name. I know this per I know this I know this YouTuber. Yeah. I see um, TikToks of them yeah. all the time. So following the trip to the vet, I finally became her owner as she had previously not been registered. And from then on it was set. Nala was to be my new travel companion riding up front with me to see the world ahead of her. From there on, our social media following exploded with the dodo creating a video of our story gaining 130 million views and the media sharing our adventures globally. And with the sharing of our story, the support we gained from our followers grew to over at One Bike, One World on Instagram and YouTube. Nala and I now travel the world together, learning about each other and the world we live in, live in along the way. We have faced many challenges and helped many people and animals alike on our journey. More of which you can read about in our book, Nala's World. Aww. Yeah. Um, so in my opinion, I feel One Bike, One World, although it's a, you know, a YouTube channel, I would also consider it a video podcast about Nala and Dean and their adventures exploring the world. So what do I like about it? Well, what I really, really like is that you have Dean, who um, you'll notice from the video is a very gruff-looking man, sporting a beard, covered in tattoos, usually wearing a bandana, and his cute cat. Before Nala, not many people would interact with Dean. But as he started cycling with, with her, many people began talking to him, offering him drinks, and showing interest in knowing him. And another reason why I really feel that the video aspect of One Bike, One World is important is that Dean has a GoPro camera, and the way he has it set up, it shows him riding his bike when Nala is sitting in a basket attached to the handlebars, also seeing the world as the viewers do. 
which makes it, you know, it, it's almost like you're able to see the world through a cat's eyes, and who doesn't want to do that? You can still enjoy the show just by listening to the audio, but the video makes it just a little bit more special. And lastly, I have to say, I believe One Bike, One World shows that podcasting, you know, it really doesn't have to be audio only, but it can also encompass different forms of media. It's just, it's it, it's a wonderful channel. It's a great show. And, um, and watching it, you'll see many times where they'll find like other strays and he'll pick them up and take them to vets and he'll you know he'll pay for the bills and everything to get them you know get them the help that they need and then a lot of times he'll try to find a home for them yeah yeah that's amazing yeah very cool yeah i do i see um i probably have seen that dodo video and i do see i'm almost positive that they have a tiktok because yeah I see videos on yeah. there all the time. Yeah. And um, this reminded me of, do you remember that uh, that game that we had for the VR um, when, when you would use it in Game On and you could play as a cat? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, my God. It was such a fun game. Yeah. And I wish that I could go and play that right now. Yeah. Actually, you could, like, jump up on <laughs> things and knock them over and you get points for it. I know. And then there's also this other game that's out now where you can play as cats. Oh, really? It's not, it's not a VR thing. Right. I don't know the name of it, though. But I've seen, I've seen TikTok. <laughs> 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 I don't, I'll have to look into it. But I really, really want to play that VR game right now. Um, meow. My final podcast. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, my final podcast pick for this month is Catitude, hosted by Michelle Fern. Michelle has been the show host since 2017, although it originally started in 2008 with a different host. And back in 2010, she created her first podcast, Best Bet for Pets, both shows of which are run through Pet Life Radio, which I previously mentioned um, about in uh, Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. Um, Michelle was originally behind the scenes as the marketing guru and helped to develop the Pet Life Radio brand when it first started back in 2007. Pet Life Radio is definitely a go-to spot for pet podcasts because there are over 30 different podcasts on the network and they range from, or like, I mean, there's dog and cat, there's many dog and cat ones, then there's like other videos too, or sorry, other podcasts too. Um, so definitely check that out if you're an animal lover or have pets. Yeah, we. Um, I remember last year when we, you know, did the dog the dog podcast. Oh, was it on Pet Life Radio? Yeah, yeah. there was a bunch of them. There was at least two or three that yeah. we did from Pet Life Radio. That's um, Catitude is, of course, all about cats, and in each episode, Michelle will spotlight a different cat breed and interesting facts about them. She'll talk about new cat products that are available and also offer advice on keeping your feline friends healthy. The host often invites veterinary professionals, feline experts, and people in the cat product industry onto the show to discuss the furry subjects, including Damian Paul, the senior marketing manager for Catit, the water fountain for cats. I have one for Mooch. Mm. It's really cool. 
um, because my cat used to always dip his hand in the water and then flip the bowl over when it was completely full. <laughs> so I was like, I need a better option. <laughs> Something that he can't tip over for the most part, and it'll be always filtered and running. Um, so I got that. And yeah, so Damien Hall, um, Glenn Zipper, the executive producer of the Netflix show Cat People, as well as Jackson Galaxy for the Cat Daddy. As oh, some might know him. Yeah. yeah. I watch his YouTube videos. Yeah, right? Uh, past episodes cover topics like diabetes in cats, chronic and acute pain in cats, and the human-cat bond, as well as cat behavior and communication, among other topics. And much like Nine Lives with Dr. Cat, this show is very educational and often, um, and it's a lot of fun to hear the facts that Michelle shares about different cat breeds that I never really thought to look into myself. The show has over 180 episodes out, each 20 to 40 minutes in length, again, up, up Dave's Alley, and the show has 4.5 stars with 172 ratings on Apple Podcasts, so if you're looking for some catitude in your life, check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen. We have catitude. We have catitude. <laughs> Okay, so here's part of the podcast where we will discuss some of our library news and programs of note. Um, the library movies on the Great Lawn film series continues every Monday at dusk through the through the month of August with movies including Coco, Matilda, Field of Dreams, The Meg, and ending on August 29th with Spider Man: Far From Home. Yeah, on Saturday, August 20th. From 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., we will be hosting a plant swap at the West Hampton Farmer's Market. Have a house plan or cuttings that you are willing to trade or extra seeds to share? Drop by our plant swap to find the perfect plant for you. We will have extra plants, seeds, and cuttings to share. This program is for new adults between the ages of 18 to 25 years old. Are you doing that program? No. Wow. <laughs> it's going to <laughs> Not good for you because it's on a Saturday, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I work anyway on Saturdays. So. Oh, boo. Yeah. I thought for sure because of the uh, seeds. Uh, the seeds. Yeah. I was like, ooh, there might be a Sarah program. <laughs> Kids on the Crane. <laughs> Kids on the Crane. There's a kid on the crane. <laughs> Kids on the Green also continues throughout August on Tuesdays beginning at 5.30. These performances are geared towards families with children's ages 8, <coughs> eight to 3. <laughs> you have to be Benjamin Button to yeah. join. <laughs> These performances are geared towards families with children's ages 3 to 8. I almost did it again. <laughs> well, all are welcome to attend. So I guess if you're going from 8 to 3, you can also attend. <laughs> Please bring your own blanket. Everyone will need to adhere to the New York State um, CDC social distancing and mask wearing guidelines. Visit our online program calendar for location updates due to the weather because it's always changing. Yes, it is. Although, even though it's always changing, it seems like it's always hot. Yeah. That also, you know, check our website for um, information about the movies, too, because yes. the last yes, few yes, Mondays yes. have been rained out, and we've had to do them, like, on Tuesdays. So if you're not signed up for our e-newsletter, be signed up because you get a lot of information from that, too. Yep. And it's always up to the minute. Yep. Well, at least usually. Yeah. <laughs> um, performances will be held at the Village Green 
Hence why it's called Kids on the Green, unless otherwise noted, unlike different rains. Please check out the library's newsletter, as Sarah said, or our homepage for not only location date, not location dates, but locations, but also lists, a list of performers. Horses of Kamaragu? 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 I don't know. Kamar. And here I was worried about uh, these last names. McMeekin. 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 G Lee. And it's spelled right because I just copied it from the newsletter. Yeah. Kamar. Okay. Kamar. Kamar. So according to Siri, Horses of Kamar with D. McMeekin takes place on Friday, August 5th at 12 p.m. West Hampton Beach native Dean McKeegan, an award-winning pet photographer who specializes in dog and horse photography, will speak about her funny, strenuous, and even dangerous experiences over a three-year period photographing the wild horses. Not Kamar. That's not Kamar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we forget it already? <laughs> I was reading other words. Kamar, maybe? Kamar, yes, that's it. Kamar. Yay! and even dangerous experiences over a three-year period photographing the wild horses of Kamar. Her stunning work is on display in the library in August. The Red Menace. And no, we're not talking about the Russian Empire. We're talking about how lipstick changed the face of America. This is a Zoom program scheduled for Wednesday, August 10th at 6.30 p.m. Author, beauty industry consultant, and performer Elise... Yeah. Elise Carter takes a colorful look at the intersection of fashion, history, advertising, and social norms exemplified. Oh my goodness. Exemplified in a beauty product that has been perceived as everything from a tool for deceit to a symbol of patriotism. Don't give this a kiss off. Thanks, Nola, for that great sound off. <laughs> you can register and join us. This is a. Um, and East End Libraries events hosted by the West Hampton Free Library. Teen programs taking place in August include Oreo Cookie Crabs on Sunday, August 7th from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m., a delicious, a delicious snack to enjoy, and Watermelon Pizza on Sunday, August 28th from 2 to 3 p.m. Enjoy a refreshing summer dessert. Who knew pizza could be good and healthy? I didn't. Holy cow. Did you know that pizza is technically salad? No. You remember? You've never heard that? No. It was like it's a salad. A few years ago, there was some joke thing going around where like someone in the I guess food yeah FDA maybe or maybe maybe not the FDA but like someone said that pizza was technically a salad. Is this the same people that in the eighties said that uh, ketchup is a tomato? Or it is a vegetable because it's made out of tomatoes or something like that. Oh, maybe it's pizza is a vegetable and not a salad. Well, if it's a salad pizza, then it would be a salad. Okay, so back in... Oh, okay, this, this is in a, a Washington Post article. Um, so it's not true. This didn't actually <laughs> Apparently, Congress passed a revised agricultural appropriations bill back in 2011, I believe. Um, 
that would make it easier to count pizza sauce as a serving of vegetables. Because of white ketchup. Yeah, the move, the move has drawn widespread outrage from <laughs> consumer advocates and pundits who see pizza as a vegetable as outlandish. Well, <laughs> so not a salad, but a vegetable. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! I remember um, my wife was saying that uh, <laughs> that you know everybody balked at the idea of ketchup being a vegetable, and then they found out like. Ketchup was high in antioxidants or something, you know, like you usually get from vegetables. And she was like, so who knew that they were actually kind of right? Right. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So be sure to check out our library's newsletter and homepage for all the great children's and tween programs in August. Um, unfortunately, there's just so many to tell that I couldn't put them on the list. <laughs> just way too many. Stay tuned for next month, which will be uh, released on Thursday, September 1st. And it will cover Hispanic Heritage Month. We share our favorite podcasts hosted by and centered on members of the Latinx community. You're listening to the Wizards Pod Podcast, a podcast of professional librarians talking about podcasts. For more podcast news and updates, follow us on Twitter at PodWizards. You can find a link to all of the podcasts we've discussed in the show notes. Music for this podcast was brought to you by the Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. You can check out the great collection of music at www.bedsound.com. We did it! Yay! <laughs> and it's 4.39. Yep. That's by far the longest. Well, we did do a lot of talking before uh-huh. we actually got started, I guess. Yeah, but we've even... We've recorded for... Wait. Two, one, zero. We've recorded for an hour and ten minutes. Wow.